0: Well hello, 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 Um, it's good to be together again uh, on this day and um, hopefully uh, we're all just hanging in there. I know everybody's antsy to get out and to uh, do things and uh, go about life as it once was, Uh, but it's good that we're all just staying put, keeping our distance uh, from one another and uh, keeping our germs to ourselves, using good uh, uh, hygiene practices with our uh, hand sanitizer as uh, much as we possibly can. Um, social distancing is the uh, the, the big term. Uh, that's out there for all of us to, um, you know, try to grab a hold of and do. Uh, but the good news is that God never uh, distances himself from us. So amen to that. He's right here with us. Uh, there's no germ that he's afraid of. There's no virus or disease or sickness that he will ever catch. Nothing that he's worried about. So God is right here with us. He's right there with you. And um, we can trust in that and uh, know that even though we're away from each other, uh, for now, God is right here with us and he will never leave us or forsake us. So that's good news. Uh, so Burlington Christian Church, we're glad you're with us. Anyone else tuning in, uh, shout out to all kinds of people from Kentucky to, um, to uh, Colorado uh, to Florida, to um, all around North Carolina, Indiana, got people all over the place um, tuning in, and uh, they're a part of what we're doing here. And um, glad to have you. Uh, those in Buffalo, New York, as well, uh, family. Good to good to know that you guys are tuning in, and um, welcome. Um, we're getting close, I think, to uh, turning a corner with uh, the virus and everything going on. Um, we hope we're close to turning a corner, right? And uh, hopefully we are, and hopefully um, we'll begin to um, pass that mid-zone and and begin to move on out and see maybe a glimpse of a light at the end of the tunnel. It's coming. It's coming. Just hang in there. I want to pray with you and then dig in to our passage of Scripture that we were studying on last week out of Philippians chapter 2. So that's where we're going to go. Let's pray. Father, we love you. You're so good to us. Thank you that we can worship you even in the midst of a storm, in the midst of um, things that are going on in the world that are keeping everyone uh, disconnected in in a lot of ways. Uh, Yet you have provided ways for us to stay connected. And uh, so we thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for the way you work. Thank you that you're always connected to us, that you're always... uh, just to cry away, just to call away, just to turn and look to you and call on your name. And and God, you promised that you would hear us, and um, we just bank on that promise, and we trust in you, and we love you. Pray that you would be lifted up in this time together, in Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen. So here's where we, um, a couple things we talked about, uh, Legos last week, the Lego Master, and uh, Basically said, we're all just a bunch of Legos, and God is putting us together however He wants, and He's fashioning us together as His church. So we are the work of His hands, right? And and that's what this is all about. We are under construction, uh, together as a body, as people, individuals. Like everyone in the planet, God is created, right? He's made us all. He knit us together in our mother's womb. That's scripture so so we know that God made everyone there's no mistakes and God would like to use every one of us to build his body the church out of all of us but but those who call on him and those who have turned back to him God is able to use us to for his glory to build and we are under construction and when you surrender your life to God you go under construction and he begins to mold and to shape you into the kind of person he wants us to be and that's a beautiful thing right that's just a, a great thing And so we're under construction. We also understand that the church is the ecclesia of God. That's the body of Christ, the called out ones. Those are the ones that have answered the call, and the call goes to all. And we have said, God, I want you to be Lord and Savior of my life. And God says, welcome to my family. And we are allowed in through our faith in him by believing that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, by being immersed into Christ through baptism, the washing away of our sins, and the rising again in a newness of life, we're born again, and uh, we're part of the ecclesia of God, the, the church of God. And we understand also that as we live now, as we live our lives, this new life in Christ, it's not about us, right? We're not living for me. It's not about what I want or where I, where I want to do or how I want to use my life or what I want to invest. And it's not about that anymore. I have surrendered my life to him. I belong to him. Once because he created me and I ran away, I rebelled against him. And then he bought me back through the blood of his son. And when I came back and accepted Jesus as Lord, I belong to him again. So I'm twice bought by God, right? Once in creation Secondly, at the cross. And so I belong to Him. So as I live, these are three words we're going to live by. Go, come, and carry. Those are the words to, to bank on. As I, uh, Jesus told us to go, to make disciples. That's what my life now is about. It's about going and sharing the good news with you uh, today and with anyone I can. Whoever will listen. You know, Whoever will listen, I, I, I have this message to share if, if they want to hear it not going to shove it on anyone or push it on anyone, but if if people want to hear how they give their life to Christ, or how they become a Christian, or what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, call me. I am more than willing and available. I will go anywhere to share the good news with you. So know that. He called us to go. He called me to go. Secondly, he calls, he says the word come. Okay, He's coming back. So there's we don't have an unlimited time to get the message to the world. We, we're working within a, a certain period of time. Jesus is gonna come back one day and it's gonna be over and people's opportunities and chances, your chance to come to Christ will be over. You don't have as much time as you may think you have. And so he said go, he said he's coming back and the last word is carry. We are to carry out the message of Jesus or the mission of Christ, why Jesus came here He's now passed that on to his church, to those who love him, those who believe, and we're to carry out the message. So we're studying in the book of Philippians. That's where we're at. And we're digging into this letter that Paul wrote to a group of Christians in, a, in the town of Philippi. They're called the Philippians. And uh, he's sharing with them from his, uh, from his relationship with Jesus, from the Holy Spirit working in Paul's life. He's now writing them this letter And he's sharing them uh, with them some important truth and this is what we read last week and we're going to continue on here we're going to just get a running start start verse 1 of philippians chapter 1 if you're there in your bibles paul says therefore if you have any encouragement from being united in christ if any comfort from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any tenderness and compassion he says then Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and one of of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but, but each of you to the interests of others. And so this is where we left off. Paul says, then make my joy complete. First, by understanding all that Jesus brings to the table and all that he's done for us. Right? These, these, these four things that he shares here, are these three things, the encouragement that we have, the comfort that we have, the common sharing that we have, the tenderness and compassion that we have. And we have those things because Jesus brought those things to you and me. These are eternal spiritual Gifts of God that he wants to just pour out on your life. And notice, those things are not things you can buy. You can't go to the store and buy this stuff. We can't go to the store now and buy really much of anything. Uh, The shelves are empty, right? But you can't go buy these things. These are not things you can go somewhere and gather or get or pick or pluck. These are things that only come from heaven. They come from above. And they are the greatest things that we could have in our life. The comfort of God, the love of God, the tenderness of God, the gentleness of God. Those, those things, the spirit of God. You, don't, you, don't, you can't get that anywhere else. And so Jesus comes and he says, I'm bringing with me to you gifts that you can't find on the planet. But these are the greatest gifts of all. These, these gifts are greater than anything you could ever find or buy or invest in. And then he says, so when you realize that, make my joy complete by, and then he gives us eight things, and these, this is where we were last time, eight things that Paul gives us right here that are going to thrust us into the next section, which is incredibly the greatest section in the Bible. And so Paul says, here's eight things. Number one, being like-minded, being like-minded, having the same mind, okay, that's what we should do. Knowing what Jesus has done for us. We are to be like-minded. We are to have the same love. That's number two. Have the same love. We are uh, to be one, being one in spirit. That's number three. And one in mind. That's number four. He says, do nothing. Don't do a thing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, he says, in humility, and that word humility is a big word in this section of scripture, and it's all tied in very tightly and closely to Jesus. The very characteristic quality, heart and soul, of his love for you and me is this word humility. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility in the spirit of humility with the mind of humility value others above yourself right above yourself not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of others so there's eight things he says here and they're amazing things and we we, we kind of got a handle on most of these things what it means to be like-minded with people you know we, we get that if you've been around a group of people at all, if you work with people, if you're on a sports team, you understand the idea of like-mindedness, like having to be on the same page, working together toward a goal, that's what he's talking about. When he says having the same love, he's talking about having his love, and now we have his love and so we all have the same love and it's his love, it's not my love or somebody else's love or the world gets to make up what love is, that's not what love is. This world has no clue what love is love is what god has done for you and me and the ultimate expression of that is the cross of christ and his love for you through jesus his son same love he says be one of spirit be one of mind we're thinking together don't do anything like out of selfish ambition that is like that self-seekingness right we live in a we live in a world where where people are very inward very selfish, he says, uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition, you see it, or vain conceit. What is vain conceit? That's, a, that's kind of a term that you don't hear a lot about. You don't see that very often. Let me break it down real quick. The word vain means empty, right? It means foolish. It means, it means to, be, to have nothing of substantial in it. Like it's just a weak surface outlook it's vanity it's foolishness it's folly it's it's silliness it's not it's not concrete it's like it's like the false front of the western town right you come into town it looks like there's a bank and a grocery store and all these things as you go through town but it's just a false front there's nothing solid behind it there's nothing there it's empty Vain, that's what vanity is. The word conceit means basically selfish, inward, self-focused, right? It's about me. So what he's saying here in this thought about vain conceit is the idea of vain glory, right? To to be full of, of vanity of yourself, like this false sense of greatness in and of me. Like It's like wanting... Attention. It's like wanting to have attention. Does that sound familiar in our world? Like, like selfies, taking selfies of yourself. Like if, if you take an extra amount of selfies of yourself because you love seeing you, then you may have a problem with vain conceit because your world revolves around you. That's what vanity is. That's what this vain conceit idea is. And he says, value others above yourself. That's the way of Jesus. Think of all God has done for you. Paul says, you want to make my joy complete? You want to make God happy? Be like that. Be like God. Be like Jesus. Don't be full of yourself. Don't be full of worldly stuff. Don't be full of the pleasures and the false treasures of the planet rather Be like Jesus. like Be like God. Don't look to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And that thought right here, the last thought that he says in these verses, verse 4, is incredible. He's talking about putting other people first. Like letting others go first. Like you're driving down the highway, right? And you get that merge lane coming in, right? And if you're like me... You know, on some days, I'm the guy who's going to speed up and you're going you're to follow me. You're going to get in behind me. On a good day, I'm going to back off and I'm going to let you in, right? If I'm, if I'm, like, in a good mood, I guess. I'm capable of both. Paul says, look, you want to be like God? You want to be like Jesus? You want Christ-likeness to be formed in you because of what Jesus has done for you? You want to make my joy complete? You want to make God's joy complete? Then you put the interests of others ahead of you. He's talking about surpassing, just get that word, it's a great word, surpassing even yourself. It's like other people, you on purpose, let them surpass you. You let them ahead of you. A willful act of, of humility to say, I am lesser, you're greater. It's kind of like the, the, the saying you see around there, like, he is greater than me, right? You've seen that on bumper stickers or t-shirts, like, he, God, Jesus, is greater than me. Well, what Paul is saying here is they, everyone out there, is greater than me that's that's a humble way to live your life to to go around and to have this mindset that everyone else out there is greater than me we've got to move what a powerful four verses these are incredible four verses and this isn't even really the good good stuff this is really good stuff but this isn't the great great stuff like and that's how it is with God right that's how it is with the Lord like it isn't good and great With God, things are great and greater. Like he's about excellence. God is a God of pure holiness and and pure greatness and pure excellence. That's how he is. That's who he is. That's just his nature. He is a a God of perfection. We don't know much about that because everything that we know is off a little. There's marks on it. There's 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 things wrong with it. It doesn't all, always work well. Even ourselves, right? Our own bodies, our own thinking. We we know we don't we don't we don't see perfection, much at all. But when we consider who God is, He is perfect. He is holy. He is right. He is true. He is good. He is everything, that is good and great and grand, is He God, right? And so it's 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 what He wants. For us, like he wants excellence for us, like for you and me to to have the greatness of God in our life. That's what he wants for you and me. That's what he wants for everyone. That that we would have a relationship with the one who is king and creator, and author of, of everything. But he also wants excellence and greatness in us. See, that's what God is trying to build in us is this sense of excellence that what comes out of our life is like Him. Like that's what we fell from when He created us. In the beginning, we were made to be like Him, perfect, holy, grand, great, all those things. And we chose sin. We chose a brokenness and we chose to rebel against Him and we chose a a second-rate life. And he still loves us. And he still wants us to have this grand, great life. He wants to be a part of that. So this section, these four verses are incredibly awesome. But the next next ones are, are, are going to blow your mind, right? They're going to blow your mind. Let me go on to this next section, he says. Okay, we can do that. He is greater than me, right? and they are greater than me as well. Verse 5, we get to verse 5, and, uh, and, and Paul is about to lay out for us what I think has got to be one of the, the most intense and most, like, like talk about hit it on the head, passages of scripture, when it comes to who Jesus is, who God is, how much he loves us, and then what he's trying to do with you and me this is this is unbelievable look what he says he says in your relationships with each other so that's kind of sets the boundary in light of what he just got done saying about who god is and what he brings to the table and what what would make uh what would be pleasing to paul what would be pleasing to to god these eight things he says so now in your relationships with each other like how we walk on the earth how we treat each other as people Right? That's what he's getting at here. He says, have the same mindset as, as Christ Jesus. And then he says, verse 6, who being very natured God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, By taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This passage of scripture about Jesus, who he is, what he's like, What he's done for you and me and how that impacts us is deep. It's intense. And so I'm hoping that as we kind of wrap up today we can just let this settle into our thinking as we live on this earth. He says in your relationships with each other look what he says at the very beginning in your relationships with each other you work with your friends and your family and your co-workers and your people, your people in Buffalo, your people in Kentucky, your people in Indiana, and North Carolina, wherever you are, your people, the people you are around, the people God put around you. As you have relationship with these people, he says, here's how you should go about it if you're striving to be like Jesus. If you're a follower of Christ, if you say, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian, gave my life to Jesus, Surrender to him. He's Lord and Savior of my life. I'm not chasing after the things of this world. I am chasing after Jesus. I'm chasing after God. And so what Paul's going to give you in this is like the most important piece of the puzzle that you could ever have when it comes to chasing after Jesus. He says have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Before he said, have a like-mindedness, right, with each other, love one another, sharing this together. But that sharing is about sharing first in Jesus. And if you're sharing that in Jesus, if you're becoming like Jesus, then, then the way you treat one another is going to just fit perfectly under your relationship with Jesus. That's why that has to come first. He says, have the same mindset as Jesus. When I was a youth minister at a church, the name of our youth group was called Mock Ministry, M-O-C. And we called it that because we wanted to be like the mind of Christ, the Mock Ministry. That's what it stood for. Talk about the greatest challenge in all of life to think, to act, to respond, to live like Jesus. It's the highest calling on the planet to think like Jesus, to live your life like Jesus. Have you ever noticed that people want to be like other people? Have you noticed that? Like they want to be like other people, like, like be like Mike. Remember that old slogan, be like Mike? Remember, you know what I'm talking about, Mike. You remember Mike? You remember Mike? Mike Wazowski. You remember Mike? Yeah, him. Like, who'd you, who were you thinking about? Mike, another Mike? No, Mike Wazowski, like be like Mike. That's that's what that's what people want to do. They want to be like somebody. They want to they want to like they have their their role models, their idols, and they're striving to be like that person. You see it in young people. If you coach, you see it. You see these young kids like trying to do things like their heroes, like their professional baseball players do, whether it's holding the bat or Fielding a ball, or the way they walk, or the way they talk, the way they wear their clothes. You know, they're they're just trying to be like other people. Well, here's the thing. The Scripture, and Paul, and the Lord are calling us to be like Jesus. There's no one greater to mimic your life after. There is no one better on the planet to try to pattern who you are like, to be like Jesus. And so, let's just let that sink in for a few minutes. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. Like, like what it means to be like Jesus. Like, like, what would you look like if you were to be like Jesus? Like, what would that even mean? How does that even relate To you or to me to be like Jesus to to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus like what would that do in your life what would that do in my life how would that change how you are like if you stop for one second if you said okay I'm gonna stop being me and I'm gonna start thinking like Jesus thinks I'm gonna start acting like Jesus acts like what a great thing right I mean, people, like, they pattern their lives after other people, and they actually change their behavior to act like them. And we find ourselves doing it all the time. Like, we copy people. We mimic people. Like, maybe it's your father, your parents, your mother, your brother, somebody. uh, Maybe a comedian. Maybe it's somebody. You start talking like them because you kind of look up to them. But what if you said to yourself, you know what? I'm going to stop acting like other people... I don't don't even want to act like me. I just want to act like Jesus. Like, I want to think like Jesus. And and think about this with me as this is going deeper and deeper into your heart. Like, Like when you drop a coin into the water. You know, if you drop a rock, it just goes straight down. But if you drop a coin, it kind of does this, you know? It settles to the bottom, but it kind of works its way there. This thought of having the mindset of Christ, needs to do that in your life, like right now. Like, let it just slowly go deeper into your heart as you think about what that might look like. Like, what might that look like if I were to live, think, act, respond like Jesus? What would that really look like? Let it sink Paul says, let the same mind, referring to the attitude of Jesus or the thinking of Jesus, let his thinking be your thinking. Let his thinking be my thinking. And we're going to end with this. The very process and the foundation of your ideas, let that be like Jesus. Like how you come up with your thinking. For most of us, when something happens and we respond to it, we respond naturally. We just naturally respond, right? Somebody cuts you off on the road and you naturally respond. Sometimes, for me, it's like I just back off and I'm like I'm in a, I'm in that kind of a zone or I'm thinking about the Lord or I'm worshiping or whatever, and I'm in a good place and I'm just like, whoa, it's cool, back off, ease up, whoa. Other times, not so. You're trying to do what? Like you're trying to cut in here, I'm here, you're getting behind me, you're gonna wait for me. Like like that's how we we tend to be. I remember Denver, Colorado. I'm driving a Pepsi truck in downtown Denver. And uh, the road construction in downtown Denver, they were doing construction, so the road, it was a one-way, narrowed really close to each other. These, the two lanes got real close, and on this side of the road, they were doing construction, so there was plywood and a walkway and that kind of thing. So I had to inch over to the middle. Well, there's a guy in a, in a Frito-Lay or a UPS truck, I couldn't remember, but he had this door open on my side, I'm on the driver's side of the Pepsi truck, it's a big truck, I'm driving down my lane, we're not going very fast, he's right here, like I could reach out and touch his mirror, that's how close we were, and I could see into his truck, and he's right there, and he's looking at me, and I'm inching over because there's construction, and he looks at me, and he flips me off, and he yells a bunch of stuff at me, and I was in a good spot, I was in a good place that day, and I looked at him, and I said, Jesus loves you. And he looked at me. I mean, we were so close, but we could have reached down and high-fived each other. He just looked at me like, like he thought, like, what? That, that, that wasn't what he was expecting at all from me. I wasn't even expecting that from me. Paul says, have the same mind as Jesus. Now, don't you wish that you had more of those moments in your life than other kinds of moments? Well, here's the thing about this. See this tree? The attitude of Christ The attitude of Christ is like this tree. And and we see it. We see how you are. You see how I am. And and I'm wishy-washy. I'm iffy some days. I'm good some days. But there's a root system underneath the ground of this good-looking tree. And this tree isn't healthy if the roots aren't. And this tree isn't stable if the roots aren't. And so what, what... The mindset of Christ needs to do in my life and in your life is penetrate every fiber of my being. Every every thought, every place in my heart, in my life has to conform to the mindset of Christ so that when I respond to people, I respond more like Jesus and less like me. Paul says, Let the mind of Jesus also be in you. And and this is just heating up. This is getting good. But we're going to end right there. And I want to leave you with this idea that that how much of our root system, how much of our inner thinking and our thoughts, the very foundation of where, where reaction comes from, like, we don't, we don't really know. I mean, we just react, right? You see something and you have a thought. You didn't plan the thought. Like, you may see something on TV or a billboard and, and you just, like, have a reaction to that. Like, whoa, that's cool. Or, whoa, that's stupid. Or, wow, that's, that's horrible. Like, we just have a reaction. We don't plan the reaction. It just happens. Well, most of those reactions aren't very good. So how do we get those reactions to be more, like, coming from... The foundation of Christ likeness, we keep allowing Jesus to penetrate our heart and our minds and our lives in such a way that every thought, every idea, every reaction that we have is lining up more and more with his heart and his mind and his thinking. And that is the greatest challenge in life, to have the mind of Jesus, not just on the surface. Like we're really good about changing our behavior on the outside, while on the inside we're, we're struggling with the reaction we really wanna have. God is concerned about it from the inside, from the bottom to the top, okay? If we're reacting well, we're controlling our behavior, that's, hey, that's great, that's good. But God's more concerned about the depth of our heart with him than just the surface stuff that we usually can pull off at times. There's so much to what Paul is about to say about Jesus that we're going to dig into. So come back next week and we're going to dig some more, okay? I hope you'll be safe. We are gonna get through this time of, of uh, this virus and, and the way it's causing people to have to be home and stay home, and, and, and I know it's hard. You're getting to know your kids. There's lots of opportunities with this, obviously. You're gonna to get to be closer as a family. If you have kids, this is a great time to learn more about your kids, play board games, do things that, that will bring you together as a family, help them develop good, maybe some good habits Study habits, right? Because normally they go to school, you send them to school, and you have no idea what they're doing there or how they study or how they work on on schoolwork because you just trust that they do it. But now you get to have them at home, and they're going to sit in front of a computer and do schoolwork online, and you can help them develop into good little students. And bring the Word of God into it. Let them study the Word of God. Study it together with them. There's so many good ways to use this time that that would be investments in your family and in the community and in people's lives. Let's, let's use it wisely, okay? Let's pray. God, I just pray that you'll speak to our hearts as we think about this passage of Scripture and, and how Jesus wants to have full control of all that we are, that our mind can be more and more like his mind, that we can think like Jesus thought, and we can react like Jesus would react And we can love like he loves us. Father, help us to learn how to do that more and more. Help us begin with wanting to do that more and more, having a will and a surrendering heart that says, God, use me, speak to me, shape me, mold me, make me into the person, God, that you want me to be, that I would act just like Jesus acted. I love you, Lord, and we love you. And we just pray your blessing on everyone listening, that you'll work in our lives, God. And there will be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. And uh, be safe. And we'll see you next Sunday, okay? God bless you.